Hi, I'm Renee Evans, co-senior leader of Bethel Austin. Make sure that you like and subscribe to our weekly sermons so that you don't miss what is happening here at Bethel Austin. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. And most of all, we pray that you would have an encounter with the living God today. All right, well, it's going to be a good morning. I don't know what's going to happen, but it's going to be a good morning. <clears throat> Um, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for uh, taking the time with us to participate in dedicating all those world changers. It means, it means a lot to us, to the families, and to the Lord, so we thank you for that. <clears throat> Come on, raising up the next generation in the ways they should go. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> you know, God told me um, many, many years ago, before I had my own children even, he, he said, to me, real, real clear, and uh, God gets my attention sometimes when he speaks to me about something I wasn't asking about, and, I, and then I know this is on God's heart, and it was one of those things I didn't, I didn't have my own children yet, um, but uh, yeah, you could just come on up. Um, we, I have some slides today, uh, which is unique. <clears throat> I've never, well, I've, I've done it once before ever, so... <clears throat> Uh, and then, of course, our system crashes on the first day I'm going to experiment having slides, right? So just pray. Just extend your hands up here, and I'll get back to my, just pray. Jesus, just say, we extend grace over the message today, over all the uh, electronics, and Jesus, help that man. He needs it. Amen. All right. So the Lord, the Lord spoke to me, uh, and he said, he said, your generation is going to have to run as hard as it can after the things of God to simply be able to understand the generation that's being born now. I mean, come on, when a generation, you know, when it doesn't, when it's, it's not big news to them when food is multiplied and people are raised from the dead and walking on water and... Do you know, it wasn't that long ago that speaking in tongues was like a big deal. And you didn't know if you could do it or not, right? There was, and then even more recently, it was like, can the average believer in the body pray for the sick and see them healed? And like these hurdles that, that we have gotten over are in the process of getting over. But what does it look like when, when we have to run hard just so we can understand what they're walking in? Anyway, that's exciting to me. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, I believe that God is going to uh, touch some people today. And uh, so I pushed the button. We'll see if anything happens. It's under there. It's over there. Okay. Good. I want to I wanna talk about understanding perspectives in the kingdom um, this morning. Because I believe that God is taking us somewhere as the body of Christ. And that's not a surprise that, that Jesus is coming back for a bride without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. And I believe that we are being built up for a dwelling place of God in the spirit. And I can believe that because the Bible says that, that is what's happening. That, that we are being built up for a dwelling place of God in the spirit. That he can walk amongst us. 
It says in, in Leviticus 26, 12, he can walk amongst us and we will be his people and he will be our God. And what does it look like when God truly starts to walk amongst his people? I mean, God's doing incredible things. I've, we've had in the last couple months uh, four testimonies that I know of, of metal disappearing out of people's bodies. Or, uh, full mo mobility being restored, uh, pain gone. And listen, uh, some of the people have gotten uh, results back and some like from the doctors, some not yet. But listen, it doesn't matter to me. If you had metal in your body and you can do everything that you couldn't do before, you can bend, twist, move, and you have no pain. I'm not sure which is a bigger miracle. If the metal has gone, right, in the x-rays, or if it's still there, but it just moves like rubber. I don't know, I don't mind, I will take them all, right? <clears throat> but God is, God is building us to a place where his, his presence, he can walk amongst us. That we will be his people and he will be our God. What does it look like when God dwells amongst his people in a way that, that people just pull into the parking lot and have encounters with Jesus? And that, that people walk in the door, marriages on, that are fractured on the verge of divorce, they walk in and the love of God encounters them and healing comes and repentance comes and reconciliation happens and they haven't even made it to the altar yet. I mean, these are things that we're seeing, but it's only a taste of what God really has in store, what he really wants to do. Tumors dissolving and, and a mental illness being reversed. Last night, Tim Austin uh, uh, got to share, he came up on the stage and shared, he had just received a call from, from Africa, he's been many times to Africa, and um, he, he prayed for this particular gentleman over a year ago, and this person was uh, mentally insane, they were the, the town uh, mad person, rag just rags, twigs in the, in the hair, out of their mind. Uh, eyes can't track with you all over. And he simply, as he lays his hands on the person's head, the eyes locked on his. And he said, do you, wanna, do you wanna receive Jesus? And the person said, yes. That's a really good question to ask. The person said, yes, they pray. He gets restored, completely set into his right mind. A year's gone by and he gets a call from the pastor just, just uh, yesterday or the day before. And, uh, and the pastor says, this man who's now been completely well for over a year won't give me any rest because he wants me to WhatsApp you, call you, FaceTime you with his whole family so they can thank you together for him getting his life back. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. But God has more in store. Can someone say more in store? More in store. <clears throat> and part of, part of this uh, being able to uh, host God, be a dwelling place for God, is learning how to operate together, to live in, in a, a sense of, of harmony and sense of unity. But, but fortunately, unity and harmony doesn't look like everyone thinks the same thoughts and does the same things, right? <laughs> That God has blessed us uniquely on purpose. 
We're all uniquely and wonderfully made, and it's only together that we become the full expression of Jesus to the world. And that is part of God's plan. Come on, thank you, Jesus. And that we are growing in our ability to understand and appreciate each other's uniqueness and their and that place, that uniqueness place in the body. The body needs to start loving the body. The body of Christ we're speaking of, and Renee has a powerful message that she's shared recently about um, the body of Christ having an autoimmune disorder, disease, which an autoimmune disease is the body attacks itself. And the body of Christ is displaying, has displayed an autoimmune condition, the body attacking itself. And has gotten um, quite good at that, but that is not God's plan. The body needs to start loving the body. And when the body loves itself, both in the natural and in the spirit, when the body is loving itself, health flows. Wholeness flows. Purpose and destiny can flow. When the body loves itself. Uh, when health flows, now, turn, open your Bibles to Psalms 133, and we're going we're gonna to read some passages uh, together this morning that you're probably familiar with, most of you, but my prayer is that God would breathe new life on them for us this morning. And we're going to start in one, Psalms 133. If you've been a Christian more than six days, you probably have heard this, this, this psalm uh, shared on, preached on. But how many people know that in, in God, there's always more layers to what he's doing? We can't exhaust the depth of his word or his purposes or his presence. So if you're there, Psalms 133, say, I love Jesus. Psalms 133, behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garments. It's like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. How, how good and how pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. But it's in God's equation perspective it isn't just that we all again we that we all sing in the same tune that we all think the same thoughts we all agree uh, specifically on on all the details no but when we can come together and honor and love and appreciate each other something happens in the spirit there is an oil that is released which is a metaphor for his healing, the balm of Gilead, his healing presence. And I don't just mean healing as in physical bodies. I mean, that's part of it. I mean his wholeness, his shalom, the shalom of his presence. Shalom means, biblically means peace, harmony, wholeness, completeness, prosperity, welfare, and tranquility. When we, are, when we abide under his wings, that is the result. That is life forevermore. 
That is, that is God coming in his, his full divine nature as a good father. Because whatever you need, he is that. <clears throat> if you need restoration in your marriage, he is the restorer. If you need healing in your body, he is the healer. If you need encouragement in your life, he is the encourager. But what does it look like when his full presence begins to rest on us like oil running down over the beard of Aaron onto his garments? And he commands a blessing. Notice that language. He commands a blessing. At that point, it's no longer optional. You know, in, in Christian circles, it's like, you know, getting a blessing from God is like, you know, it feels like, you know, roulette sometimes. Like, oh, did I show up on the right day? Did I go to the right service? Did I go to the right conference? Did I pray the right prayers? Like, but when we move into this level of unity, he commands a blessing. It's no longer an option. Then everybody who steps into his presence gets healed, gets whole gets reconciled, gets restored. Come on, that's what I'm going after in Jesus' name. In, in order to uh, better understand unity, we need to understand why people have unique and different perspectives and why that is part of God's plan. Can we break that down a little bit? <clears throat> that... We're going to break this down into simplified terms, and I'm going to break this down in, into five sections just as an average, and if you look at any, and this is just a list of some examples, you list at any personality test, any list of gifts and strengths, you, you have a very number, uh, Myers-Briggs and DISC is four, the big five personality, strength fires, love languages have five, and all of these, most of these have uh, subsets as well of uh, the the fivefold ministry apostle prophet evangelist pastor and teacher is five enneagram whether you agree with that or not is nine spiritual gifts in the bible are listed nine and fruits of the spirit are nine and we each connect with the lord through these in unique and different and beautiful ways thank you jesus how many people know that the uniqueness that God created us in is beautiful? Different personalities, different strengths, different motivators equal different perspectives. <clears throat> and uh, we're going to go on, but again, <clears throat> just for, for the purposes of breaking this down in simple terms, unique perspectives in the body of Christ. And I want <clears throat> to... Show us this, that the Lord is building his house. That we need to, we are being created as a dwelling place for God in the spirit. That we are building the Lord's house and in, in under the Lord's house. I love what Eric Johnson said. He made this statement at our very first, our church launch conference. He said, we're not trying to gather people under one roof. We're trying to gather people under one father. I love that. And it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter what, what church you attend. If, if the church believes that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father except through him. We are in partnership. 
We are, the, we are of the same family and what style of worship you use and how you decorate and, and if you sing from hymns, or, it doesn't matter. We all are going after the same purposes. And in the Lord's house, there are some non-negotiables that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. The, the Trinity is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And on and on. There's non-negotiables. But here's, here's the rub, that under the non-negotiables, now you get into a whole bunch of things that are called personality traits and that are called gifts and that are, that are, that are, that are fractured as many as there are people in the room, as many as there are sands on the seashore. But this is God's beautiful tapestry. And when we can stop fighting the tapestry... We move out of the autoimmune condition, we move into health, and then the world can begin to see the picture that the Lord is trying to emerge. Come on, thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> as, here's, here's what I want us to understand, that as we, um, as we have unique gifts, and in fact, turn with me before we jump into that, turn with me to... Um, uh, Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And it talks about the diversity of the gifts of the Spirit of God here. And in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4, it says, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. That means there is, there's not just one gift Already, we have uniqueness on purpose, but there is one spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one, say to one, is given the word of wisdom through the spirit. To another, say another, the word of knowledge through the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same spirit, to another the working of miracles, and to another still other uh, prophecies, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, but one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Did we hear a lot of language about diversity? <laughs> and to one receives this and another this and another this and another this and another this. And this is all part of God's plan. This is all part of the tapestry that he's building. <clears throat> I'm gonna flick to another screen and then come back to that one real quick. There are, <clears throat> there are five uh, offices, ministry offices, the apostle, prophet, pastor, <clears throat> evangelist, pastor, and teacher. How many people know that each one of those sees the world through a different lens? The, the, the evangelist sees things different from the teacher and the teacher from the apostle and the prophet from the pastor and they're all unique but they're not supposed to create their own camps. They're supposed to work together to create his camp. Yeah. 
And I don't have the, each line listed individually, but here's a whole bunch of other stuff. <clears throat> the, the second line down is the five love languages, physical touch, words of affirmation, gifts, quality time, and acts of service. I mean, people know that it's usually a revelation bump. When you get into relationships, especially in a marriage, and you start to realize people have different love languages than you do. What they prioritize is different than you. And learning that, wow, that, that when I extend my love language to you, which is what I value, right? If I, I am a high physical touch love language person, right? But someone else who is acts of service, I can rub their shoulder all day long and it doesn't register to the same to them, <laughs> right? Like, you can rub their shoulder and they're thinking, you're annoying me and would you please do the dishes? <laughs> uh, you've been there, right? So, and so we're, we're like, in real simple terms, I'm communicating love to you. Why aren't you receiving it? Because there's uniqueness of gifts, but those things are on purpose. But when we learn not to divide over the differences, but to recognize the differences and draw together, we start to lend strength to ourselves and to the body. <clears throat> that you could put yourself in any one of these categories. You look at all the different gifts and strengths and character traits and, <clears throat> and five, is, five categories is very Minimalized. You could have a hundred there. You could have a thousand there. But for, for simplicity's sake, we got five there. You could put yourself in the far left category and anything that, that you think, let's take one real easy. We, have, we offer equip classes, you know, teaching and growing the body. And, and you put out a survey to this room. What do you think the most important equip class for this season would be? What do you think the body needs? This body right here. What do you think this body needs? Do you know you would get 50 different responses back? As this, at least, yeah? as this is the most important thing to touch right now. And the unique thing is, is that, that birds of a feather tend to flock together. Right? And so... So we have this tendency, like, uh, say, like attracts like, and we hang out with a bunch of people, and we get in our mind, just using that example, you know what the body needs? We need this equip class. And then you turn around, and you talk to your, the people in your flock, right? And you're like, don't we need this equip class? And everybody is like, yeah, that's what we need. And then you start walking away with, everybody thinks this. <laughs> Because the six people that you hang out with all the time do think that. And listen, that's not a bad thing. It's not. But what we have to realize is that the whole body of Christ, that God's ways are higher than our ways. <laughs> right? He, know, he relates to more than six people at one time. Somehow he does this, right? Billions at a time. But what we have to realize is that... that there's a portion of people, whatever it is that we are thinking or pulling on or wanting to see happen, there's a portion of people that strongly agree with us. There's also a group who mostly agrees. There's a group who's probably indifferent. You're like, yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I don't care. 
That's got nothing to do with me. And then there's a group who mostly disagrees and a group who probably strongly disagrees. And you're like, you're like an equipped class. We need an equipped class on apostolic encounters. Everybody needs to know how to rip open heaven at every moment and see angels and go into the third heaven. That's what we all need. And how many people know that there's some truth to that? <laughs> I'm just using myself as an example right now. <laughs> I'm joking. And like, this is what we need to do right now. But there's a whole bunch of other people who are like, yeah, that's not what we need. What we need, what I need is parenting classes because I'm hurting over here. And unless angels are gonna come and change these diapers, I have some other needs, right? And other people are like marriage class and other people are like brave communication and other people are like finances and you name it, right? The thing is, who is, who is, which one of those is true? All of them. They're all true. And I, I kind of hit this, this part of it already. <clears throat> but when we start to, when we get an idea, a, a vision, a, a thought, perspective, and we start, we start talking about just naturally the people who are around us, and again, the group that strongly agrees, and then there's a group who mostly agrees. So all together, you come out really, in the whole perspective, you got 30% of the people who probably feel like you feel. And this isn't a bad thing, but if we're not careful, we will walk away from that experience thinking that 90% of the people feel what we feel. And I, I've, I've talked to a whole bunch of people and they all think that we need an apostolic heaven encounter class. Say it again. <laughs> See, he, he's in my camp. <clears throat> and, that's, and that is true. But we also need parenting. And we also need brave communication. We also need marriage classes and all above. And obviously, I'm just using a very simple example there that I think we can all understand that. But here's, here's the thing. When we all come with different perspectives, and let me just go back to, to this here. That we, uh-uh, not that one. That we come with different perspectives that are supposed to be, that are supposed to lend strength to the whole body. How many people know that the bio, in the Bible, the devil is referred to as the deceiver? And in, in Latin, where the word comes from, the D-E prefix means to away from. It can mean, it can mean uh, down, but it means uh, to pull down away, uh, to pull apart from, to come off of or away from. <clears throat> and the other part of the word means to seize or entrap. So it actually means to pull away from truth, to deceive. So the idea of the deceiver is to pull away from truth or, or to separate us from truth. And the truth is that we are all building the Lord's house together. Is that right? And the, 
there's a bunch of non-negotiables, but under the non-negotiables, there's a whole bunch of beautiful, unique perspectives and personalities and giftings. What the devil wants to do is get us isolated. So what the devil wants to do is he wants the prophet, instead of appreciating what the teacher brings to his anointing and understanding how his anointing could complement the teacher, he wants the prophet to start to, uh, to, to, start to um, uh, uh, be bitter towards the teacher, to disapprove, to isolate, to, to cast accusation like, oh, if you would only be more like me. I talk to all my six friends, and they all think that agree with me that this is what we need. So if you would stop teaching so much and start prophesying more, we would all be better off. But guess what? Their version of all isn't God's version of all. And instead of going, if you would just be more like me, right? Because how many people know that never works well? And then let me help the case by let me throw accusation at you and tell you why you should be more like me and how, and how the six people I hang out with don't think that, think that what you do brings enough value so you should change. How many people know that that starts to break those, each one of those columns into its own silo? And now the enemy is winning. The deceiver has cast his net. But what if we can flip the script on the deceiver? What if instead of creating separation and isolation, we begin to recognize, oh, God has created us unique on purpose. And that God put a different gift inside of you than he put in me on purpose. Because I'm called to need what you have, and you're called to need what I have. And together, we represent Jesus to the world. And when I start to appreciate what you have, how many people know that the foundation of the kingdom is honor? And that, that, we, we, that when we can silence the voice of the accuser, Division stops, separation stops, <clears throat> and instead of seeing the differences, I start to see through the eyes of honor. Oh, you, this body needs your teaching gift because it's going to build them up in a way that they can even support the prophetic that maybe I'm called to bring. <clears throat> An evangelist need to go out and win the world, but guess what? We need pastors to pastor all the people that the evangelists bring in. And we need teachers to raise them up, right? And we need prophets and we need apostles and we need them all. And instead of separating, instead of throwing stones, I look with honor. I need what you have, even though it's different than what I have. Come on, it builds a foundation in the body and life life can begin to flow and the commanded blessing. And I feel like we're gonna, we're gonna release, uh, we, that's an overstatement. We, we're gonna turn our attention to the spirit of God that's hovering in the room. And I believe that he's ministering to people. I believe that healing and restoration is gonna be released this morning, even off of this message in Jesus' name.
when I realize what I need is only part of what Jesus needs for us and what we see is only part of what Jesus sees and what we feel is only part of what Jesus is feeling. <laughs> what we feel is only part of what Jesus is feeling. How many people know we serve a big God? <laughs> and we're in, we're in any moment, right? And we're like, this is what I'm feeling that the moment needs. This is what I'm feeling God is saying. This is what I feel like is happening. But guess what? That feeling is a, is a portion of the fullness of God. Could you imagine if God imparted to you the entirety of his emotional capacity and load? We would explode. <laughs> and so I love, I love it. I love, I love seers. They help me, right? And like the seers are like, oh, the angel's in the room and he's doing this. That's awesome if it's presented in a way that helps the whole picture. If it's presented, he's doing this, and if you don't do that exact thing at the exact moment, you're missing all of the kingdom, and I'm going somewhere else. <laughs> Instead of togetherness, separation, division, deception just came in. Not because of what was presented wasn't true, but it wasn't presented with the reality that it is a piece of the entire puzzle of the tapestry thank you jesus i don't want to i don't want to explode with the full emotional weight of god i'm thankful that he gives me part <laughs> and that he gives you part and he gives my wife part he gave her a bigger part for some reason <laughs> Honor is such a foundational part of the kingdom. It does not just look like we honor leaders. Honor is seeing, giving space to, and calling forth the unique perspective and gifts of Jesus in each person. Thank you, Father. Better understanding creates better language, which creates better interactions which creates better unity. And I say that again. Better understanding creates better language, which creates better interaction, which creates better unity. And we need to, we need to start to bring this understanding that, that, what I, that what I'm seeing, sensing, feeling, that my sense of needs, they are valuable and they are important to God, but they are also a part of the puzzle. And what can it look like if we, if we can stop using language that looks like, well, everyone feels this way. <laughs> everyone needs this. <laughs> I've talked to a whole bunch of people, which probably means four, <laughs> maybe five. <laughs> but when you, have, when you have a community of a thousand and you talk to four or five people, how many of you know that's not a bunch? And it's not that those, that those things are, are invalid. It's just part of the puzzle of what God's doing. And when we can bring what we're sensing, not as a directive, and listen, when we come with something and it isn't received as the whole pie, 
The enemy loves it when we get offended because of that. I think we need, and somebody goes, that's great, and they, and they put it on the pile with other things. You go, what? what? You didn't hear me. I didn't get hurt. I didn't get, and now, and now, and now hurt comes in, and offense comes in. We need to learn how to bring our piece of the puzzle. When we understand, hey, I'm not bringing the whole puzzle. I'm bringing a piece of the puzzle. Here's what I'm seeing. Where do we think this fits? Let's figure it out together. How about as a leader? We're, how many people know that in our life, we all are leading in some areas and we're being led in other areas? And so both of these, uh, both of these uh, sides of this interaction play out in our life in different capacities. But as a leader, when someone comes to us and they got big language of like, everyone thinks this. How many people know it's my responsibility to not be offended? It's my responsibility to, 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 not, to not hear that through the lens of, oh, you're telling me everything that I'm not doing right. It's my responsibility to hear it through the lens of like, oh, you have a unique need that you are communicating, and yes, you are using language that the whole world is on fire, but let me step back and go, you are communicating something that is really valuable to you. How do I nurture that while not, while not losing focus of the other hundred needs out there? How do you value each unique voice while still pursuing the call that God has put on you? Better language creates better interaction, which creates better unity. Thank you, Jesus. Instead of things like what we need to do, same as like something I think that would be, that would help people in our environment. Everyone feels this way. Instead of that, I've talked to a few people and this is something that might help them in the process. <clears throat> Jesus is raising up a beautiful bride. And I wanna circle back where we started the Psalms 133, that God has created you uniquely and wonderfully for a purpose. And that when we can value that uniqueness in each other, God's gonna use that to build something unstoppable. And I have a dream that it's not, it's not an occasional testimony that people pull into the parking lot and encounter God. That is an everyday testimony. I have a dream that it's not an occasional testimony that marriages on the verge of divorce get, get reconciled just walking in the doors of the building. It's an everyday occurrence that when God's commanded blessing is upon us, that, that, there, that there would be no miscarriages. Come on. That there would be no drug addiction. That there be no child abuse. Because we're standing in the commanded blessing, but the commanded blessing starts with unity. 
Can I read it one more time? And then we're gonna pray and we're gonna release the oil of heaven. Psalms 133, behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity, in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head running down the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down the edge of his garment. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountain of Zion for there the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. Life forevermore. Wholeness, fullness, completeness, prosperity, well-being, tranquility. What do you need? It's in the blessing. We're building the Lord's house. But when we learn to not, when we learn to not attack and to not divide, to, to silence the voice of the uh, deceiver, and instead of separating, we learn how to pull together. When, when this far 20% learns to appreciate not just the, the middle 20%, but the far 20%. And listen, we're talking about under the non-negotiables, right? I'm not talking about people who don't believe that Jesus is the son of God, right? That's a whole different story. I'm talking about all under that, all of the unique gifts, graces, talents, and perspectives when I can appreciate the far side and say, you know what? I don't understand, but I need to. You got a perspective on God that I want to grow in. Come here, come closer. We create a foundation of unity that God will dwell in. Come on. How many people believe the oil of his presence is running in this place this morning? The oil of his presence and in the oil is the commanded blessing. And I actually feel the restoration, I, I, I spoke of it uh, in, in prayer with the team before service. I feel like that there is restoration over marriages in the room. Restoration, we share the testimony of the people that literally happened. They walked in the doors, people on the verge of divorce, like last, last ditch effort. We're going to church this one last time together, and if God doesn't do something, we're divorcing. I mean, if you will know, that's a playing field he can work with. And they walked in the sanctuary doors and the love of God, healing, God showing them things in their past that, 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 that had become triggers that they brought into their marriage. They didn't even realize and individual healing is happening and repentance and love starts to flow. <laughs> because when the body loves the body, life flows, healing flows, health flows. And their marriage is restored, before, not even before they got to the altar, before they get to their seat. <laughs> I've told this story many times, but it, back in the healing rooms in Reading, uh, a divorced couple, uh, their child was graduating from school of ministry. And so they both flew into town, different parts of the country, flew into town for their child's graduation. They both decide they're in town, they have whatever needs, they might as well go to the healing rooms on the Saturday. So they each individually show up not knowing the other one's gonna be there. 
They're getting prayer in opposite ends of the room, a big room like this we would use back then and groups of people would be praying for different individuals. They're praying in different areas of the room, but in each of them, the love of God encounters them. Their body gets healed. How many people know that God touches the body to get to the heart? And so in the demonstration of his now present goodness, they have an encounter with the good father and start weeping and, and healing starts to happen to their, um, their emotions and their heart and things from their childhood. It started with the physical healing, but it doesn't stop there. And then they start to see how they let that a baggage affect their marriage and their decisions and their responses and repentance starts to flow. And they end up finding each other in the middle of the room, crying, repenting, hugging, weeping and kissing in the middle of the room. It's beautiful, yet awkward at the same time. <laughs> so I feel a, a particular grace on that, but the oil of restoration is flowing. And God is, gonna, is, is moving already. <clears throat> but it, God touches the body to get to the heart, and God wants to touch lots of things and lots of hearts. We share the testimony of, of uh, the mental illness being restored, brought back into his right mind. But I believe God, as a display of what he's doing, wants to touch bodies here this morning. So listen, if you have, if you feel the oil of his presence going on, and you have something going on in your body that you came with this morning, but you don't want to leave with, I'm going to invite you to stand up. And I'm also going to invite those, if you uh, are having a, a struggle in marriage or you're standing in the gap for someone, you can stand up together with the whole crowd. But I, I specifically feel um, uh, 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 like a problem with the, um, uh, what's the, uh, the flap, the esophagus. Um, the, 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 that stops the, uh, the, the flow acid. There's something wrong in that area. If that's you, you can go ahead and stand up. Um, degeneration, compression in the spine areas, you can go ahead and stand up. Um, the, back of the, uh, the back of the head, uh, migraines that grip like the lower back part of the head, and I got that as I was looking over this direction. See several people standing up. Um, damage uh, to inside the jaw. I specifically feel it in the elbow, um, but damage to uh, internal damage in the joint, in any joint, hip, knee. God's restoring that right now. Um, I got a text message for seizures. <laughs> uh, if you have any of those things going on, um, someone, uh, someone that has a lack of uh, production of saliva. I think I've only ever given that word of knowledge twice before, ever in my life. People who don't have the ability to smell properly, smell it all or smell properly, I want you to stand up. And listen, <clears throat> those are just some examples. That's the 20% that I'm seeing at the moment. But that's only part of what God's doing. So if you came with something you don't want to leave with and you feel like there's grace in the room right now, I want you to stand up. Go ahead, just be brave. We can have uh, the, someone on the keys come back up. That would be awesome. 
Now listen, we're, we're gonna pray. So how many people in the room love Jesus? <laughs> also, um, I just got ro rotator cuff in the shoulder. I got that really specific. That's, if that's you, stand up. <clears throat> now listen, if you're in the room and you love Jesus, you're part of the ministry team. And the oil of heaven is already flowing in the room. How many people believe that? <laughs> and I believe if we had time, I would ask people right now to check out their bodies. In fact, you can start to do it even, uh, just check out your bodies before we pray. And I believe that God would, that we would find out that God has already healed people in the room, just sitting in the anointing, in the commanded blessing. But we wanna pray real quick. Now, if you're standing for prayer in a moment, I'm gonna ask you to lift your hand up so people know who their targets are. But there's a couple rules for this that I always share because God, God doesn't need our help as much as he just needs our agreement. We're not doing it, we're coming into agreement with what he's already done. And so he doesn't need your long, hard, most polished prayer, most memorized prayer. What he needs is a childlike prayer. We're just releasing grace in the room. Someone say grace. Grace is not our ability. It's his ability working on our behalf. We don't create it. It flows through us in Jesus' name and through the Holy Spirit. Come on, thank you, Jesus. I'm about to preach myself happy. <laughs> and so in praying, we have a couple of rules because of everything I just said. And rule number one is you're not allowed to pray hard. Why? Because it's not our efforts, it's grace. Again, say grace. And rule number two, because he never calls us experts, the Bible never calls us experts, but he does call us children. Rule number two is you have to have fun. Experts get real serious. Children know how to have fun. You're not allowed to pray hard and you have to have fun. I said you have to have fun. If you're praying next to someone who looks like they're not having fun, you have my permission to pinch them. So if you're standing for a prayer and you put your hand up right now, listen, we're not gonna take a long time. We're already under the commanded blessing. We're gonna let it flow. If you're not standing with your hand up and you love Jesus, you're the prayer team, go and find someone who does have their hand up and you put your hand on them. You're gonna release the flow of God through to them and you're gonna not pray hard, you're gonna have fun. Now listen, there's a lot of hands up. So I want you to know this that in the midst of your own need, you have the ability to give away in the midst of your own need, and most often it will bring you closer to your own breakthrough. Because it's not our ability, we're just letting the grace, the commanded blessing that's already present flow through us. So two people with their hands up can pray for each other. So if you have someone praying for you already, you can put your hand down. If you don't have anyone praying for you, just wave. Just wave, are there any hands waving? If you see a hand wave, I don't see any, but if you see a hand waving, go find them. Look, one person is you have two hands, so you can pray for you can pray for two people at the same time. And if you're really talented, you can use one foot and two hands. Pray for three people. Now listen, we're we're gonna release the grace of heaven. I know you're doing it already. I don't listen, I don't hear enough fun happening. 
I hear too many expert prayers right now. Come on, laughter is, a merry heart is good like medicine. Laughter is health to the bones. The kingdom of heaven is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Some people just need to laugh over the condition in Jesus' name. Maybe you just need to be like a child and say, God, how do you want me to release this blessing? You're not releasing your best prayer. You're releasing the blessing of heaven. Maybe you just need to draw a smiley face over it in Jesus' name. <clears throat> just release joy. All right, we're going to take 30, 30 more seconds. Father, I thank you for your presence. I thank you for the abiding nature of unity in your presence, in your goodness, Father. Yes, God, we thank you for tinnitus being restored. We thank you. I call that smell, but people who don't have the ability to taste properly for that to be restored in Jesus' name. Um, a tumor or growth actually in the brain. I don't know if that's someone in the room or you know someone, but Father, we thank you for that dissolving in Jesus' name. Father, we release the grace of childlike joy in your presence through the room in Jesus' name. And we command each one of these conditions and symptoms to disappear in Jesus' name. Ah. Well. In your best childlike way, I want you to end with this. I just want you to end with this. Just say, I have a good daddy. And he's already blessed you. So I command this condition to disappear. In Jesus' name. Don't forget that part. That's the most important childlike part in Jesus' name. Yeah, we thank you for migraines disappearing. Thank you for knees and backs and hips and shoulders. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. The, yeah, the diaphragm area, that's the word I was looking for. The diaphragm area in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Now, here's what I want you to do. Wow. How many people just had fun? How many people think we have a good father? Come on. If you just received prayer, I quickly, I want you to check your body. But we prayed by faith. I want you to check your body by faith. That means actually do something to see if it's different. And you're looking for what has changed, not what hasn't changed yet. And remember, even 2% is a testimony. It means what God started, he likes to finish. So listen, bend over, uh, get on your knees, move your shoulder, jump up and down, pick your neighbor up over your head. I don't know. Do something to check it out in Jesus' name. Check it out in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Check it out. Okay. I hope, you, I hope you're checking by faith, meaning you're looking for what he has done because what he starts, he likes to finish. And even 2% is a testimony. So shh, we're going to end right here. And I know you got to go get your kids in a second. Shh, we're going to end right here. But under, under the anointing of unity and under the commanded blessing, how many people would say this morning, right now, whether it was in worship, during the message, or during the prayer time, God's brought some measure of breakthrough to your body? 
Put your hand way up like this. Put it all the way up not a, and start to wave it like this because the testimony of Jesus, come on, do this with me, wave it. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Come on, how many people would say you got 20% break there more? Keep waving. Come on, 50% break there more? Keep waving. Come on, keep waving and don't be afraid to look around. 70% break there more? Keep waving. 80%, 90%. Come on, 100%. Jesus, come on. Come on, thank you, Jesus. Can we give him praise tonight in Jesus' name? This morning, this morning, I preached last night too. And this morning we give him praise. Thank you, Lord. Can we get the ministry team to come down to the front? Ministry team, come down to the front. I'm gonna pray, I'm gonna release you. We have a ministry team down here that if you need further breakthrough in any area of your life, they're gonna be up here available for that. There's also a testimony table in the lobby, which is a new, a new ministry that we've started. So listen, if God touched you today, and listen, 70% is a testimony, 80%. Sharing the testimony is giving God praise and he inhabits our praise. And on that place, he will increase it. And it's okay to say, at this point, it feels 70% better. That's okay. That's a valid testimony. And listen, 100% better is also okay. <laughs> so it, whether God touched you today or in weeks or months past, please visit the testimony table and let them know. Put your hand on your heart. I'm gonna pray. Father, I thank you for your goodness that's raining. I literally, I feel like this, this cool drizzling on my head. Father, I thank you for your goodness that's raining in the room, in your presence. And I thank you for what you started in a three-minute moment of prayer. You're going to continue to increase and more people are going to find that they've received breakthrough in their bodies, in their in their mindsets, mental capacity, and in their marriages, even as the day and the week goes on. Father, I thank you for your presence and your goodness. I thank you that as the body loves itself, health flows in every way, in every capacity. And Father, I thank you for the unique gifts and graces and perspective that's on each person in this room. And everyone who agrees with that in unity says... Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com.